You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Is it me? Or without the helmet, is Master Chief's head just ridiculously too small? Today on Systematic Ecology, we are going to be covering all of that and more. Today's episode is for all of you die-hard Halo fans out there. We're going to be discussing the TV show. I'm sure we're going to be getting into a bit about the games and our experience with the games. This is Systematic Geekology. We are the priests to the geeks. And for more on us and more um, geeky goodness, you can go to systematicgeekology.org and be able to find more episodes from us as well as the rest of our illustrious panel of hosts. I am Joe. I am a broadcaster, podcaster, and recently, my wife and I have been going back through X-Files. And the best thing that I can tell you right now is it's definitely a show from the 90s. And all of its 90s, it's definitely a show from the 90s. All right. And I'm TJ. I'm a podcaster, sort of, kitchen manager. I've really been geeking out on Apex Legends. Uh, man, I am trash. I started like two days ago. The learning curve is steep, but I know how to climb, so I'm loving it. So, funny story before we kick into it. Uh, my nephew, who is all of 16, and I were playing uh, Apex Legends. This is the first time I had ever played it, and he was showing it to me. And talk about humbling for a retro gamer. I got my tail kicked playing that game. I was trash. Yeah. Man, especially now, like everyone who's still playing has been playing for so long. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. So cracking into the meat and potatoes here, like I said at the top, we're going through the Halo TV series. And before we get there, I want to see, I want to check what is your experience with halo as a whole yeah so i grew up with halo uh you know we got my grandparents had a computer at their house we were not you know we didn't but uh, my older cousin landon downloaded halo on their computer one day and was showing it to me and i was like okay this is awesome this is great uh in 2006 i want to say we actually we got an xbox and got halo 2 I played Halo 2 for hundreds of hours, probably. Didn't have internet. I just played through the campaign so many times. And since then, I've played, you know, three ODST Reach, four. I stopped after four. I haven't picked up Infinite yet. I know I should, but I've always been in the Halo cut. I didn't read the books, though. So, listeners out there, hardcore fans, don't... Don't don't attack me if I say something wrong. Yeah, I think that's going to be a um, a theme for this episode. I am uh, very stereotypical for my age bracket. I was a young teenager when the first Halo came out. 
Um, I was very much one of the Xbox generation playing it, you know, link cables and couch co-op and all of those kinds of things and going through the games. I also have not gone through any of the ancillary material. Um, you know, there for me, it wasn't so much about the storyline back then. It was more about just the, the action of it all and playing with your friends and all of that kind of stuff. So diehard Halo fans have some grace with us because there's definitely going to be pieces of the lore that probably flew right over our heads with this TV show. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I was so excited when I heard that they were making a TV show. Um, Honestly, a sci-fi title like this almost begs for the modern day take of a streaming TV show, right? I wouldn't want it to have a a 22 season or a 22 episode season or anything like that, like a conventional cable TV show sort of thing. But when with today's world of, you know, short almost mini series sort of seasons, you know, your six, eight, 10 episode seasons where so much budget can be thrown behind each episode. It begs for a a game like this to be adapted into a series. And I almost wonder if there was a bit of over anticipation waiting for the show that it just couldn't live up to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they did try to get away from that by creating like their own non-canon or non-canon story. Uh, I think they're calling it the Silver Universe. But uh, I did like that change because that means I can pretend that I never saw Spartan 117's face. That works for me. That makes it a lot easier to watch the show. Uh, but I do think this, like the miniseries long episode kind of format, is the only good way to adapt video games. Uh, the stories that video games usually tell is so expansive that it's just 30-minute episodes, 12, 20 episodes, is usually just not going to cut it. You know, 20 might be enough, but you lose that pacing in between episodes. And I... Right. Do you know how many episodes they're planning on doing for Halo? Uh, 10, I believe. 10? Yeah, so almost 10 hours. That's perfect. Uh, it's too long a tale in a movie. It's too long, or it's too short for a really long TV series. I think more video game adaptations right. should go that way. But I was terrified. When I heard that the Halo yeah, was just... coming out, yeah, that's that's reasonable. I mean, you know, there's it's such a sordid past when you're talking about um, any kind of video game adaptation into a different media, because, like you said, it's there's typically speaking just so much there 
to try and tell in a cohesive way that, you know, it, it begs for, for having an extended format, but not too much. Otherwise it's just going to get boring, you know? And so, so yeah, I would have to agree that this, you know, 10 hours should be, um, a, a, a good time frame to be able to tell this story. Now I will say for me, um, I totally get where you're coming from. And I kind of had a feeling that it would be this sort of uh, dichotomy with this episode between our two opinions. You know, I totally get that for people that enjoy the games, hearing that this is set in, a non-canon universe makes it more palatable to be able to take all of this stuff in. The problem is, and this tends to happen from, from what I can tell, from creators that openly state, I don't have any experience with the source material. I didn't play the games. I didn't watch the movies. I didn't do anything. Or I didn't ingest any of the media. You end up with this weird, oftentimes um, nonsensical sort of product. And for me, I see everything that's going on here. And I'm just simply like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, you haven't given me a reason to care about this guy without his helmet on with the ridiculously small head. And to answer that question, he does that, that armor without the helmet makes his head look so small. Um, but for me, it's just lacking in any kind of substance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I take it you don't like the show that much. Yeah, no, honestly, I'm not. It's it's just enough. So it's right on the right line of it makes me want to come back for to to at least see if this is going to end up being either so bad it's good or it's going to turn out to be this very slow burning masterpiece. You know what I mean? It hasn't, it's enough to keep me interested at that level, but so far I, I, I certainly wouldn't call it good. Um, I, I, it's just, just fine. It's kind of like cotton candy. It's nothing of real substance, but it tastes fine enough. Yeah. I, I, I will say if, the episodes from now on get better the same way that two was better than one. Episode 10 might be one of the best episodes of anything I've ever seen, but that seems unlikely. Yeah. yeah, is, is, I Go ahead. yeah is there anything about the show that you do particularly like or dislike? Except for the helmet thing. We know they never should have taken off the helmet. That was a terrible decision. He doesn't need to be more humanized. He is John, Master Chief. That's all he had to be. Yeah, so 
what action pieces they did show I thought were I thought were good and unfortunately it left me wanting more of that um you know I, in in my opinion you make the entire first season that and then second season you actually have a reason to care so I mean there's that but um I do like that they brought on a an actress that sounds strikingly similar to Cortana from the video games. I thought that was a nice piece of continuity. Yeah, that is, it's a little attention to detail, which I think this team is the best at. If you look at the effects, uh, I love the practical effects in this show. They are great. Uh, the only thing that has stood out to me as egregious so far in the effects department was there was a scene in episode one where oh I can't remember which part it was, but one of them dropped their combat rifle, and for whatever reason, this one scene they made they made it CGI instead of just dropping one of them in the dirt and adding dust and After Effects or something, and it looked really bad to me. But other than that, the armor, the weapons, it all looks great in my opinion. Yeah, I it's it's honestly I think the the theme of everything that I find good about the season so far is that it's it's all things that I I wish I saw more of. And that's, you know, yes, that's that is pretty par for the course, generally speaking, when you like a thing in a show or a movie, you're going to say, I wish I had more than that or more of that. Um, so, but yeah, I think if you are, I know for me being somebody that, like I said, only I, I have, you know, bare effort understanding of the greater halo universe i've gone back and i've watched um summary videos like on youtube and stuff like that that kind of recap the the whole um story arc uh, overall i've played all of the games you know those kinds of things so if somebody like me is appreciating some of the nuance in the armor and the action and all of those kinds of things, I would, I would only imagine that somebody who has a deeper experience base and a deeper connection would appreciate these things that much more, you know? Yeah, I have, so I have two friends that I talk to pretty regularly that are just massive Halo nerds. And they're on pretty much exact opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the show. One of them absolutely despises it, and one of them loves it so far. So that was absolutely zero help when I was preparing to do this episode. <laughs> yeah, I had one friend that is that for as long as I've known him, he's been super into Halo. And he he likes it under the same pretense like what you said that he was able to compartmentalize the fact that this is not the main halo universe 
This is somebody who took the character and decided to do something entirely different with it. My only problem with that mode of thinking is that the way that they present the information thus far, and I won't go too far into um, spoilers for episode three or anything because I've seen it, but they they present it in a way almost like you're expected to understand why Master Chief is significant and why all of these different things are significant, but in a way that you don't really know what exactly they're drawing upon because some of it's the same, but some of it's drastically different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I cannot possibly put myself in the footsteps or in the shoes of someone who has never interacted with Halo, but I can imagine just watching the show. You have no idea that master chief is the guy, right? Like master chiefs, like middle name is covenant killer. Like he is, the Spartan, no one's better than him. Full stop. I, it really does not convey that. Even you know he has a squad. Uh, they kind of they do say like, oh, he's our greatest weapon, but they don't elucidate. And I think right. it would help a lot. Yeah, ag- agreed. And that's uh, like I said, it, it's just enough that you know this is our greatest weapon, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I played the games, I understand that this is the main character, and all of those kinds of things. But at the same token, what of that actually translates? What of that is actually? And that's part of why I say what I say, as far as even if you're not going to fully unpack and we're going to do basically the movie or the uh, games in essentially movie form in a 10 hour format like that. Even if you're not going to do that, then at least pad the understanding with a season of action and getting a chance to see this ridiculous, these ridiculous things because in a, in a format like this, the budget's there to be to be bombastic you know what i mean to be able to turn the volume up to 11 and then that way at least people are saying something along the lines of you know this might be lacking in story but at least it's got action and the answer might be hold your horses we're gonna get there we want to plot here for a second and then get to the good stuff towards the back half because it does stand to reason you know i i still after three episodes find myself not necessarily caring, but it still stands to reason that if it continues to progress and there's seven episodes more, then it stands that it will, that, that it will be significantly better by the end. But thus is the joys of doing uh, first reaction uh, episodes. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the budget, since we keep bringing it up, it was about $90 million dollars. So $9 million for each episode, that is just an absurd amount of money. Like a few years ago, that would have been unheard of. Right. So I think it's all going to the effects, personally. Seems like it is, except for that one weird clip. But uh, I'm loving it. Also, I really enjoyed, uh, because this isn't something you get as much of in the games, they showed how devastating the covenant is to regular people. Yeah. 
like a, a small group of elites will absolutely decimate an entire city. And that is it's really important to understand why they're such a big deal. Because when you're playing as Master Chief, it really doesn't feel like, you know, that much of a problem until you're playing a legendary. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I do think that they've, again, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. It's one of those things that they did such a good job at the pieces that they did do a good job with as far as building out a world, right? I'm a sucker for, if you build a compelling world, I honestly do not care that it's, if it's different from the source material, I'm a comic fan. I'm used to it. It, I don't, I don't need the same canon to be translated onto every single medium. Just give me a world that I can be immersed into. And one of the best steps forward in that is like you said, giving weight and scale to the enemy figure even if they're deciding to make some changes to the covenant that uh, again, they're, they're telling their own story for whatever that's worth. And so that gives the creative license to be able to make some very, very significant changes. But I guess at this point, once you take off the helmet and, and you go that route, then all bets are off. Nothing, no piece of the continuity is sacred at that point. Yeah, uh, that actually, when they revealed the woman in the Covenant, that is when I found out this is not the same universe, because I immediately got on my phone and looked up, who is this woman in the Halo show? Who is this supposed to be? And then I found out, like, oh, yeah, it's called the Silver Universe. It's different. They're doing the wrong thing. So, yeah, that that helped me a lot. Well, that's one of those things... you almost I, I think they were I think they were either very brave or not wise to openly state that they went ahead without any prior exposure to make their own universe. Honestly, I do like I said, it's it's not the fact that it's not the main universe that I've got a problem with, but if you're going to take these toys out of the toy box and you're going to say, okay, here's the toy in a different context. Cool. Understand the toy that you've got in your hand. And if you're going to try and make that toy into something different, then it's not the same toy. You might as well just make your own character at that point. You know what I mean? And, and I think for by and large, you have more people that, are more uh, instances, I should say, of that going poorly when a when a creator steps forward without having expo- any exposure to these to the the characters previously, then you do times where it was a smashing success, and so it's a little hard for me to be optimistic about the future of the show understanding all of the pieces as they are. Yeah, I can think of exactly one time off the top of my head where a film was made without 
as much knowledge of the series as they could have had, and it turned out well, it's Annihilation, the you know suspense horror movie from mm. 2017. I, I love that movie. I love those books, but the screenplay writer just read the first book and then immediately wrote the whole movie. And the author, you know, when he was talking to the author about doing that, he was like, hey, I'm going to release the next two books in like the next year. You could just wait. He said, no, no, I'll just use this. And then he got a lot of flack for uh, whitewashing the cast. And in the first book, you literally don't learn any of their races or names. I just thought it was really funny when that started happening. Because he literally did not know anything about them. But right. if it went well for them, maybe it'll go well for Paramount+. Plus. We can only hope. Right. Yeah, I, I was a really big fan of the movie. I knew that there were other stories out there. I knew about the books and things, but I'd never read them. But oh, yeah. Annihilation is oh, yeah. a really good movie, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, read the books. They're like 100 pages long. Oh, They're nice. great. Oh, yeah. Check them out. Read them in a day. They're so good. But do you think you're going to watch season two of Halo if this season does not turn out well? See, the the one thing I will I will go for it I will say goes in its favor is that it's going to a streaming service. I probably wouldn't follow it episodically in the same way. Maybe once it's all out, I'll binge through the entire thing. But I think that's one of my biggest problems is currently speaking, from week to week in that kind of episodic format, I don't I don't have a heart, a, a huge hook to say to stay interested in that kind of way. It's kind of a, a morbid curiosity at this point for me right now. So if this one doesn't end up panning out, like I said, I may binge it at some, once it once it's all out. But other than that, probably not. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. That's kind of. I'll probably end up binging it, if just because I forget it's coming out as it's coming out. Right. Because who knows? Maybe it'll be a lot more compelling. Maybe not. But they aren't already renewed for season two, so we will find out. Yeah, honestly, when it comes to when it comes to that, it's it's fascinating to me because being in media, even outside of just being a, a part-time podcaster, being in this industry, I have a bit of an understanding as far as where the different networks kind of sit in the overall media hierarchy in comparison to the other formats. And Paramount is way down there oh, yeah. on the oh, list. The so they, the fact that they, that they are the ones that have an IP like Halo, it, it could do garbage and it's still going to get uh, greenlit for a season two just by virtue that it's probably still going to outperform anything else because out, outside of maybe the Halloween series, but that's not going to be reinvigorated again until um, August, not August, uh, October. Yeah. Uh, before Halo came out, I don't think I knew a single person with Paramount Plus. And if they did have it, they sure didn't tell me, which makes me think they were hiding it. 
Yeah, the only reason why I why why I had it was for um Halloween kills. The when that when that came out that went straight to um Paramount. But yeah. outside of that, yes. I we did the we did the the free pass. They gave a a free trial, free 30-day trial and we did not renew it after that. Right. Yeah, that's actually that's why I didn't watch Halloween Kills was because it was on Paramount Plus. <laughs> So maybe I'll go back. I, I feel like I should watch it. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other conversation. That movie was certainly a movie, that's for sure. Oh, uh, I love it when you say that. <laughs> but uh so yeah, I I think all in all in all, so far, what they've got I think you can you can sum up a lot of this with what they've gotten right, they've really gotten right. And what they've gotten wrong is just a tale of mediocrity, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worst case scenario, or push comes to shove, I don't think it is so egregiously bad that I would never watch it again. Yeah. Which, you know, is more than nothing. Like if my roommate came in and said, hey, I haven't seen Halo, you want to watch it? And I'd probably watch it with him. Right. Yeah, that's certainly a step in the right direction to be able to at least say that it has rewatch value in your mind is certainly better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But on a scale of uh, one to 10, what, what would you put the show at so far? Um, so far, I would put it at a five. And the only reason yeah. why it's not lower than that is the whole emotions bit interests my philosophical mind, I guess mm. is a good way of putting it. It it makes me think about the whole ball of yarn that is trying to figure out emotions and memories and all of that kind of bit that that kind of notches it up to a five for me how about you uh yeah five it's enough to keep me watching it's not enough for me to just turn it off but i was close when he took off the helmet Uh, and i really do like the way it looks i love the way it looks they did a fantastic job in my opinion that alone is enough for me to watch most of it because what if they show something cool I want to see? Right. What if I get to see a brute or a hunter? You know? That I will say, as far as what we've seen so far, it does make me want to see more of the, I'll call it rogues gallery of Halo, of the yeah. like the the individual creatures that existed in the halo universe or the different aspects like um different weapons different vehicles uh you know there's a there's a there's tons of prime opportunity to be able to recontextualize some of the more notable famous maps from halo those Mm. kinds of things everything that they've done as pretty as they've done it so far makes me very interested to see what else they can bring to life. Yeah, I, I need to see a grunt with a needler. If there's not yes. a grunt with a needler, this season's going to be a 2 out of 10 for me. I don't care how it ends. That's got to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that has to be a total package too. I don't think you only get bonus points for the needler and you get partial points for just showing the grunt. Like if you don't show the grunt with the needler or if you show the the grunt with any other weapon, to me that actually loses points because that's just what you think of when you think of a grunt. You think of a grunt with a needler. Yeah, the only other acceptable option is uh, a grunt with two plasma grenades in his hand running around. Yeah, that's true. I'll I'll, I'll take that. that. It's not as good as the grunt with the needler, but I'll take it. Right. If they give it to me. Right. And I would I would like to take this opportunity to say, uh, if you're a fan of the show, this isn't your first time. You've probably heard our co-host Josh on an episode. Uh, I call him Josh with the bad opinions, as does my yeah. friend group, and. Uh, one of his worst opinions, in my opinion, is that he hates Halo multiplayer. What? So if you're a diehard Halo fan and you're hearing this, the next time Josh is on an episode, we just, you know, not hate comments, but let him know that he's crazy. And that is a bad opinion. Yeah, I feel like Josh deserves to hear about how, just how bad that particular opinion is I have heard a lot of Josh's bad opinions and I thought that his opinion of Rose being the best doctor who companion took the top of the mark for me, man, that I've never heard him say that he doesn't like halo multiplayer. That definitely takes the cake as far as the worst opinion that I've heard out of Josh. Yeah. And, and Josh is our editor. So he is going to hear all this. Yep. You're welcome. Josh. So what I'm saying is if there's suddenly a jump in the conversation that doesn't seem to make sense, you now understand why. Right. Before we bring this plane in for a landing and give one piece of recommendation for this, because I know sometimes we get into the deeper things of this, uh, of the different IPs and thinking about them in different ways and all of that kind of stuff. I will say if there for for those of you out there that have that philosophical approach to life that don't mind unpacking thought experiments and what ifs and um enjoy that aspect of storytelling there is something to the whole fact that we're seeing master chief kind of questioning everything so to speak and wrestling with emotions and memories and all of those kinds of things now the the reality is is that you've not made me care about any of the things that he's questioning yet but the fact that that whole idea of exploring emotions and exploring thought and exploring personality and all of the tied in aspects of that that to me is probably the most outside of the visual component of it i would say that that's probably the next most compelling thing for me to hang on to because if done right there is an opportunity to tell an entirely new story with this character that can be really special and it's because it's it ties into the later games where you know in one two and three you you see him very 
very much doing what he needs to do. He is the good soldier. He is playing the perfect soldier. Then you see the turn to starting to question everything and starting to wonder why am I doing these things and kind of almost deconstructing the character a little bit. And I don't think they're necessarily giving giving enough effort to necessarily be deconstructing Master Chief in that kind of way. But I do think that they are using the Master Chief um, model, the Master Chief character, as a vehicle to potentially tell a compelling story about what it means to have emotion and what it means to struggle with memories or struggle with decisions or different things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, so as, as we, um, you know, as we, as we wrap this up, what would you suggest thus far, if it stays how it is, would you suggest this to somebody else? Yeah, I would suggest it to a Halo fan, uh, just because, uh, well, I think it'd be very funny when they saw them take off Master Chief's helmet, uh, a bit of a troll, you know? That'd be funny to me for them to have to watch that. But also, they might like it. It, it seems pretty polarizing so far. So I would recommend it. Check it out. If you're not a fan of Halo, I don't know. Maybe if you're not doing anything else, got nothing else to watch, put it off. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing, you know, uh, I think for those listening that want to hear early reactions before they decide whether or not they want to give their time, um then I would say it's fine. It's fine. It's it, it it's brain candy. Um especially if you're not a Halo fan, it's it's brain candy. If you are a Halo fan, just fully understand that you are not going to see what you are expecting out of a faithful adaptation of a Halo movie. And that includes the lack of the wrist hologram thing. It's a pet peeve of mine. The way that they did it makes absolutely no sense as to why the other people can just have the risk thing. Like that was an unnecessary change. And I understand that they didn't actually watch it. And that's part of the thing that ends up falling by the wayside when you don't watch the source material. I'm just saying rant over. All right. That was, that was a good one. That was nice and short. Yeah. 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 So, what as as we wrap this thing up, what recommendations do you have for the listeners? I cannot in good conscience recommend Apex to anyone, so I will once again recommend that you buy Elden Ring. My god. Elden Ring is fantastic. It is so good. I cannot stand how much I want to play that game all of the time. Great game. What about you, Joe? I would recommend jumping in on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles run, The Last Ronin. Um, it is ramping up my lanta. Is it some of the best 
turtle storytelling that I've seen in quite a while. And I'll go as far as to say that if you are a fan of the style of storytelling that the 80s cartoon does, where a lot of the time it's lighthearted and, you know, Calabunga, it's not afraid to go darkest timeline, but do so in a way that tells a very interesting story. That is exactly what the last Ronin is. And it's uh, honestly a turtles masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. It is very much darkest turtles timeline, but it is so good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let the people know where they can find you. Well, if you're that interested, you can go to our website, systematicgeekology.org. I have a bio there. I really don't do much. You'll see if you read it. You can also find me on the Whole Church Podcast, wherever you're listening to this, unless it's on systematicgeekology.org, where I run a church unity podcast with our co-host, Josh with the Bad Opinions. I want you guys to understand that it is now your solemn responsibility that when in public, on the Facebook page, in the group, or anything like that, when you address Josh, you address him as Josh with the bad opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, JWBTO. JWBTO. There it is. Yeah. Uh, um, you can find me. I'm on the air six out of the seven days a week with either Buddy Walk with Jesus or Kingdom on the Road. Uh, You can find me, buddywalkwithjesus.com, as well as all of the socials. Um, So if you are interested in hearing more of our illustrious voices or any of our wonderful hosts, like I told you, you can go to systematicgeekology.org to find all of the episodes and if you just find yourself wanting more you can go to patreon.com slash systematic geekology and there's bonus material there there's um regular monthly content for all of our wonderful patrons and on top of it you get to help keep the lights on and keep this ball running so and and you could join our D&D campaign. We'd love to have you. Yep. They're kind of struggling through the jungles of Cholt right now. And it's only going to get harder. So if you want to hop in, that would be awesome. There you go. They need some help. Do your duty and help them out. Um, so that's it for now. Um, Thanks for joining us. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.